Jeff Warshaw rattles the radio business big time with a really bold offer. TV tries again with another next-gen solution. Looking for a problem, Keith. Yeah, I know. We, it, it's like we pick on next-gen. We don't. But yes, we do. Yes, we do. <laughs> and we will again. <laughs> and that'll be one of the things we talk about today. And what does Gordon know that we don't know? Good morning. We're back with another edition of Media Insultant with our opinions, comments, ideas, and nonsense. Uh, typically, I'm in Seattle, but for the month, I'm down in La Quinta, down in the Coachella Valley, enjoying some sunshine. And a gentleman who enjoys sunshine all year round is the tanned, famous, and handsome Keith Samuels next to me on the screen. We do this Media Insultant show each Tuesday and Friday. And we drop the uh, the podcasts and the video cast on those days. And today we would like to welcome you to the Tuesday, April nineteenth episode of Media Insultant. This weekend, Keith. We were down in Southern California, went over to Newport, and we got into, went on to Balboa Island. And it was really interesting. We take a, a stroll down Marine Avenue, yep. which is the main corridor. You know the area well, having at one point in your illustrious career run a ferry boat between Balboa <laughs> Island and the mainland. Anyway, we were at this intersection, and there is this black, big Dodge Charger with Ooh. big black wheels black body black interior blacked out windows i mean it looks so mean and sinister and he's sitting there at the corner and he's got his stereo cranked up and you know you'd expect to hear you know maybe uh, dr dry or uh, you know some some rap song coming out of it no no full volume it's you light up my life by debbie boone <laughs> Oh, yeah, that was one of my fraternity brothers. Yeah, okay, there you go. <laughs> it was one of those moments, Keith, I'm telling you. And and everybody literally on the intersection is looking around going, oh, they just couldn't get it because it was, they couldn't reconcile the song with the car. It just didn't make any sense. <laughs> Believe me, um, you know, the, the island is a pretty um, uh, condensed living space. And uh, side by side by side, and you know, people know everybody that lives there. If you live there, you know everybody that's you know around. And and I'm sure there were many people who were. If this was a tourist, then people would be putting their nose. Oh my God! Oh my God! Or if it was a local, they'd be going, Oh yeah, that's just Waddy. That's what he does, you know. And uh, <laughs> but that's life on Balboa. It's it's uh, pretty dense living, and uh, it's right in the middle of beautiful Newport Harbor. So I'm sure you got to see all the boats go by and the. And all the guys doing their stand-up paddling as they cruise by, and and uh, it's quite it a spot. Great. Yeah, it's a yeah, great spot. It's a, it's a beautiful, beautiful little island. And the thing that I even bring this up for is because it was so irreconcilable, the music with the car, <laughs> that really the biggest news of the year in the radio business is kind of irreconcilable. And nobody can quite figure this out, you know. <laughs> Uh, Jeff Warshaw with Connoisseur Media is made a $1.2 billion offer to purchase Cumulus Broadcasting. Now, the question I have, Keith, is this just a complete shot in the dark? Well, it's a shot. It's not in the dark. <laughs> it's a long shot. Let's put it that way. There, that's a better uh, you know, yeah. Let's put it that way. And, you know, and, and apparently, Jeff, who I've never met, 
Um, uh, have, have you met Jeff? Do you know Jeff? Yeah, yeah. I, I wouldn't tell you I know him. I certainly have met him a couple of times. Okay. Yes. Okay. Well, I, I may have at some point, you know, decades ago when I was actually uh, networking in the business. But you know, Jeff has a history with Cumulus. You know, he sold his first group, his first version of Cumulus or of Connoisseur to Cumulus for what two hundred fifty some odd million dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Big um, dollars. And that was the Dickies version of Cumulus. Now he then he want then he pitches Cumulus's board to be the CEO. He wanted to run Cumulus, but they gave the job to Mary the Burner, and um, Mary Burner you know is running it. So there, maybe there's some jealousy there. You know, out of left field, Jeff has still got uh, his new version of Connoisseur Media, which is 13 stations in uh, I don't know five in nine markets. Is that what you track? But it's 13 That's what stations. I've heard, yeah. yeah. So it's That's it's right. a group made up of, of of suburban and smaller market stations in New York. Connecticut, oh, East and, Coast, and Connecticut, Maryland, yeah, and you know, but he's a, he's a, he's a longtime radio guy. I mean, he's a radio rat, and he's running these stations out of Westport, Connecticut. Hello, lovey, you know, he's up there in Fairfield County, and he's thinking, you know what, you know, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna shake things up here a little bit, and the one way to shake things up is to is to do an unsolicited offer, uh, you know, for uh, for Cumulus, and ter- and also including assuming their debt. And, uh, and boy, the, the radio world just went upside down over this. Well, I think the thing that I like about it is Jeff is a, a kind of a sharp-elbowed guy. He always speaks his mind. You know, he really, really doesn't kowtow to much of anybody. And, and he's the first in a, in a group to say, that's bullshit, and you guys are nuts. And he's, <laughs> he really is very candid about it. He's a bit sharp-elbowed, kind of an East Coast kind of, a, kind of an attitude. But he's a really good broadcaster. And his history has been he runs good radio stations. And frankly, most people seem to like working for him because I think they appreciate the honesty and the integrity that he approaches it with. He's, he's very upfront and he'll tell you what's right or what's wrong and he'll listen too. So I think he's, I, I think he's a pretty good guy from, from all those sort of things. He has, this is an interesting thing that uh, I just discovered this morning. Jerry Del Caliano reported that he had a SPAC. I didn't know he had a SPAC. Yep. But he had a SPAC, call, and it bought a company called Weijo, which they have now taken public. And Weijo deals in auto traffic data. And they seem to be having some problems. The stock has gone from, well, SPACs all issue stock at 10. Right. So it's trading at about three and a half bucks now. So he's having some problems with the SPAC. And Jerry's speculation is, well, maybe they're going to try and leverage one against the other. I, you know, I, I have no idea whether that makes any sense. I don't think you see that you solve one problem by creating another one. And spending $1.2 billion on a fading radio group may not be the best possible investment. So, Well, I don't know. And, 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 and obviously, Jerry, among uh, and, uh, us and everyone else, is, one, is kind of scratching their heads going, you know, why does he want to do this? Well, I, I can understand the why. You know, I think, you know, hey... You know, I'd love to. I'd love to build back up EZ Communications, and you know, the old company I used to work for in in Seattle, and you know, and uh, Art Keller's old group. Wouldn't it be great to you know put the band back together, put the band and back buy together, all those yeah. stations again, and run them the way they should be? Gosh darn it! But I think the real speculation is not the motivation of Jeff. It's how the hell is this guy going to come up with 1.2 billion, and 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 with a, maybe even more? He's he's kind of hinted that he'd pay even more for this. And I've got to think, and you know, you you know the area. You know, he's down there. He's out there in Fairfield County. Your son lives in Greenwich. 
you know, I grew up in New Canaan, the next town over from Westport. You know, there's a lot of money floating around Fairfield County. <laughs> you know, you could he could go down to Birchwood Country Club, where he and Winter are members, and and you know, and probably sit around in the card room one afternoon and put together a couple of billion bucks right there. You want to buy a radio group? Shit, yeah, let's go, Jeff. You know, let's do it. You know. <laughs> So I don't think, you know, I, I, you know, everybody's like, how can you come up with the money? I, I, that's, I think that's the easy part. The, the hard part is whether the cumulus board is going to, is going to, is going to like really seriously consider this. They, they have to take a look at it. They're, they're, you know, it's their fiduciary duty to look at the offer. Um, so that's not a, that's not a earth shattering development, you know, and, and my sources within cumulus are saying, you know, how do, how do we, tur- how, do the, how does the board turn this down? This is this is the you know my gosh this is this is like the best deal they're ever going to get, so they're all sitting around thinking, oh my gosh, what's it going to be like working for Jeff Warshaw? They've kind of gotten used to Mary, and you know and how it goes, and they're regional guys, you know uh, Dave Milner and uh, you know Bob Walker and all these other guys. They're kind of they're kind of they kind of have their game, they kind of have it all figured out. This is really shaking things up internally. Yeah, I think that's a, a big thing. If if Warshaw pulls this together, it's going to be a complete turmoil for a couple of years as as his management style is instituted. I'm not sure that's a good move for yeah. Cumulus. But your point is right. The market really liked it. His stock, the stock skyrocketed. Yeah. Uh, although I would argue the market isn't a particularly good evaluator of media operations or radio operations. It's just you know they see a play there and and Warshaw has some credibility and as you said east coast credibility so you know the the market certainly responded to it it's fascinating everybody's excited to watch it and see what happens and it's the most dynamic thing that's happened in radio <laughs> since uh, you know since we replaced cart machines with cd players <laughs> well now come on there's been some interesting things since then but you know hey. a couple all right all right <laughs> so what does gordon smith know that the rest of us don't well, we're going to talk about that, but first, Keith, we do rag on Next Gen TV because we think it's a solution looking for a problem. And hey, they found one. Yes, you know what? It has to. You know, you know those guys at Gas Station TV had a pretty good idea. So why don't we do that with our Next Gen technology and put monitors in EV charging stations? What do you say, Jackson? Brilliant idea. They're going to build, they say, a half a million of them between now and 2030, and it'll be a captive audience. And we'll be able to use next-gen technology to deliver local content, you know, news, weather, sports, yada, 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 advertising, etc., as we figure out what to do with next-gen TV. So what could possibly go wrong? Maybe... Almost... Maybe a lot. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) What do you think could go wrong in this, Jackson? Well, let's start with a half a million new charging stations. They may build a half a million new charging stations, but you know, all, almost all charging is done at home right now. You know, so okay. there's very little that's being done outside. Now that could change a little bit, but probably not. Uh, so most charging is done at home. The second thing that I, is the big thing for me is it's, if it takes 20 minutes to charge your car, are you gonna sit there and stand at the charging station and watch TV? Yeah, exactly. No, no. In fact, no. this weekend, knowing we were going to talk about this, I was at a at a gas station in Westwood, filling up my uh, big gas tank in the uh, in the Beamer, 
standing there and, and it did have a latch so I could just I could just like clean my windows or, or you know go back in the car check my phone for texts and all that stuff and I but I was watching there's a charging station on the corner in the gas station property right but out on the corner and uh, there was a woman charging up her Tesla and she plugged it in and then was like cleaning out the interior of her car she was rearranging her trunk and then she sat in her car and obviously was was looking at the, the the computer screen that controls her Tesla and controls her life, you know, emails and, t- and entertainment technology. She was surfing the web, just chilling out. But she was not standing there waiting for the, you know, you don't have your hand on the charger like you do on the gas pump. And these days you're trying to not let it go over a hundred bucks, you know, because <laughs> I'm filling up at six twenty nine a gallon, and I'm I'm sitting there waiting to go. Okay, you know now. You know, I've only got you know half a tank, and it's already seventy bucks. You know, and I you know I need a second mortgage to get to my family's you know Easter dinner. My experience pumping gas, which is the gas station TV model, is a heck of a lot different than the charging model. And 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 by the way, twenty minutes would be like an express charge, right? You know, between fifteen and twenty minutes. That's the express charge. If you've got a half an hour or forty-five minutes, you know, waiting for this thing to juice up again. You're going to be sitting in the car uh, entertaining yourself with uh, with all the technology that the car comes with. You're not going to be standing out there. And by the way, by the way, this particular gas station has several homeless encampments within a hundred feet. You know, you you kind of kind of plug and get back in your car and lock it because you're a target-rich environment for the guys coming up and hitting you for a few bucks. You know, to then go into the uh, the mini, the extra mile mini market and 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 fuel up, right? So, yes, it's a it's a captive audience, and everybody everybody is so enraptured with out of home digital out of home. We've got digital out of home, Jackson. So they can go to the buyers at Kara in New York or Horizon Media in New York and go. I've got television. I've got. Uh, you know, CTV, and I've got OTT, and I've got digital OOH, Out of home. Yeah. and I'm—I mean, you can—I got it all, baby. I got it all. And so, you know, nobody's no. These buyers aren't going to sit back and go, "Oh, I don't think people are really watching it." What they're going to sit back and go, "How many impressions am I getting? And what's my CPM?" And all the sales guy is going to do is just jam as many impressions in, lower the CPM, and get a big budget that he can spread out and mush out to all these outlets, and no one really gives a shit where it goes, as long as they can verify, analyze. It's an easy, it's an easy sell for, for the practicality of a consumer. It's, you know, come on, give me a break. Yeah, I think, but I think, you know, the, the infrastructure and the cost is, could be prohibitive. I, but still, Sinclair, in some ways, I will give him credit for this. Sometimes you got technology, you just got to you just got to go for it. You got to try different things. And in the process of trying and doing different things, you learn and you come up with a new opportunity. You know, I mean, look at Netflix. Netflix originally, they they were nuts to distribute CDs or DVDs by mail. Right. So they were. I thought that was brilliant. (laughs) <laughs> well, that's caught on. There were a lot of people who didn't think it would work, but it also gave them it gave them the foundation to then go on to the OTT distribution. Exactly. So, you know, exactly. in some ways, I I give Sinclair a real hard time for this, but I think by the same token, they are doing something and trying it. So you got to give them credit for that. Okay, we got to move on. We're we're running we're running down uh, next gen TV and running out of time at the same time. <laughs> Let's talk about Gordo. 
Yeah, Gordon Smith has joined the Beasley Broadcasting Board of Directors. And as you know, Beasley is a very small publicly held company. Uh, what do they do? About uh, $240 million a year in revenue. Mm-hmm. I think they're the second smallest broadcast company. Uh, it's certainly the second smallest pure play radio company publicly traded. Right. And he's been on the board, excuse me, he's been running the NAB, making millions of dollars since 2009. So, you know, you do the math. It's been a long time. And he's done a great job. He has done a real good job of bringing leadership to the NAB. But in the process, he's also been very, very advocate for television. Radio has kind of gotten a back seat in a lot of ways. And now he comes out of the NAB and he joins Beasley. So, Does any of this make any sense to you? What's your read on it? Uh, No. This is an audio podcast. You have to do more than shake your head. I'm sorry. There's also (laughs) video. So if you're just listening, Keith is shaking his head in disbelief. Well, I think he's gone small on this. Uh, He obviously has a relationship of some sort with with Carolyn Beasley, who's the CEO. Uh, There are multiple Beasleys in the Beasley media uh, empire, and that is Brian, Brad, Bruce and Erica. So, you know, having somebody outside the family is probably a good thing. But I don't, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see, you know, Gordon, he could be on the board of, of CBS, for crying out loud. He could be on the board of, of iHeart, for all that, you know, Matt, if you're talking radio. He's, because he's, it's, he's, he's that big a figure in broadcasting. I don't know if this is a coup for Beasley or if it's just that Gordon just needs something, you know, in retirement to do. Uh, it's not the money. I mean, this isn't going to pay anything much. Uh, yeah. So, I, I, you know, now, can he bring wisdom? Can he bring experience? Sort of, because when was he last in radio? Well, a long time ago, before he, even, before he was even a senator, I think is, is when he had some radio experience. And you know you bring it, you hit it on the head. Although this may be the thing, he he may actually like the organic size of Beasley. He may this may have nothing to do with anything other than, you know the the, the thing you and I have talked about that half the half the guys in the business want to get a small market radio station and run a small market radio station. Well, maybe he just wants to be involved with a small radio group. I don't know. Or or maybe they've got growth plans. Yeah, that's uh, that's possible. They've got they've got some debt. They got. I think about three hundred million dollars in in long term debt, and they're spending about forty million a year in in broadcast cash flow. So you know they're just barely able to you know service the debt, I would think. But uh, you know they're actually a pretty well run group by and large. I think Carolyn does a pretty good job, yeah, and yeah. the the only thing that I wonder, frankly, is at the point you brought up, he's going to have to deal with family. And the politics that goes in any organization gets compounded multiple times when you have family involved. And so I don't know what the politics in their family dynamic is within the company. No idea at all. But you know there's got to be a big story there. <laughs> because the entire family is working at Beasley, right. exactly. Beasley Broadcasting. So it's like, exactly. oh, there's going to be a dynamic. You know, that's just not how we do it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm going to call Carolyn. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's about it for today. We got to wrap it. We're out of time. We'll be back again Friday, Keith, yep. uh, with some comments. Actually, we're going to uh, dig a little bit. The newspaper business just doesn't seem to get a break. So we'll talk about that on Friday. Media Insultant is a production of In Town Media. 
and we drop new episodes each Tuesday and Friday. We invite you to listen to each and every one of them, please, and give us feedback anytime that it makes sense. We love hearing from you. So, Keith, until Friday, have a good week, my friend. See you then. Remember the sunscreen, Jackson. <laughs>